podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our final... Regular season whip around, final regular season, um, you know, episode of Primers. Um, first and foremost, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everyone now is ready to dive all in on the Christmas season. We're about, uh, exactly a month out from Christmas Eve, one of my favorite nights of the year. Um, got out all my Christmas mugs today. Uh, like I said, doing a little time traveling, recording this on the 22nd, uh, already did my Christmas decorations. Uh, the only thing I need to do is uh, change out the fall uh, outdoor uh, rug to Christmas and uh, change from the Thanksgiving hand towels to Christmas, and I'll be all in. Um, so I hope you guys had a good one. Um, it's We only got two primers, uh, so I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit here, uh, and then I'm going to end the show kind of giving a final statement uh on you know this big 12 season the only big 12 season of 14 teams um and then we're gonna call it a day and we're gonna call it a wrap on the uh regular season um of course we'll have five shows next week i'm gonna try my best to keep it going all the way through uh the new year five shows a week but stay tuned uh 100 five shows next week uh if you're wanting um, some K-State women's basketball uh, and some K-State volleyball talk. I do talk about them as well as the men's basketball team on yesterday's Thanksgiving special. Go give that a listen uh, if you want. Um, so yeah, th- that's what we have. Like I said, we'll have Mason Voth uh, from K-State Online kind of reprising his role, seeing us through the end of the regular season. Uh, we'll see, fingers crossed, uh, today. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are both playing. Texas is playing Texas Tech. Oklahoma playing TCU. If we can get some upsets there, we might have some live tomorrow going into the Oklahoma State-BYU game. Then, of course, Farmageddon. Um, so, yeah, big big day all around. So, we have Mason given the K-State uh, primer. And then we have Greg Mackey, who is one of the Two Iowa State fans who do the Big 12 After Dark show um, on Twitter spaces inside the 1012 network. Uh, he's an Iowa State guy, so we'll see what he has to say for this Farmageddon. And then uh, at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of uh, talk a little bit, just a short little uh, bit about uh, the end of uh, not the Big 12 as, as we know it, but definitely an end of an era for Big 12 football. So I'll talk about that at the end. Um, before we do, 
Uh, let's give a shout out to Charlie Hustle. They have their Black Friday sale going on. 30% off everything on their website. If you've been holding out, not getting a t-shirt, not getting a crew neck, not getting a jacket, not getting a hoodie, not getting some joggers. Yes, they have all that stuff. Officially licensed K-State gear, Wildcat NIL gear. They have Kansas City Landmark stuff. Of course, the iconic uh, KC Hart t-shirt. Get over there. Check them out. Make some gift purchases. Look, I bought a ton of gifts for my friends and family already. Uh, probably should have waited till the 30% off. But hey, I'm honestly, I'm not even kidding. I'm just going to go buy some more. So go check them out and uh, get loaded up today. All right. Uh, let's get into Mason. What is up? I am back. Mason Vo from K-State Online here with you for another primer. I delivered the dub last week for K-State. I'm putting that all on me. Had nothing to do with uh, a blocked PAT and Will Howard having three touchdowns in the game and Jace Brown going for almost 100 yards on KU. No, none of that. It was because I did the primer for Bosco's boys. I made up for the loss that I brought on everybody uh, for the Missouri game earlier this year. So more than happy to be back in the win column for myself and the Wildcats. And uh, now we, we move on. Final regular season game of the season. Crazy to think that we are already here. This season has felt like it's moved faster than even what last year's did. I thought last year's, it was like, yeah, okay, I guess it, it's we're here in November, whatever. Uh, to be in the last week of the regular season is mind-blowing. It's unfortunate because despite some of the maddening losses this season, uh, it, it's been really fun the last two years of covering K-State football and watching what's played out in front of us. We are starting to see what Chris Kleiman can deliver when he has everything rolling in his favor. And the good news is it seems like K-State is set up pretty good for the future. But as for this week's game, it's Iowa State, Farmageddon time. Uh, look, just as much as we all don't like KU, we also don't like Iowa State. They, uh, they're not very fun. Matt Campbell's a doofus, a dork, whatever D word you want to call him. Um, uh, you know, Do you want to call him drink wits? Because I think you could use that as a derogatory term. Uh, towards a guy, even though Eli Drinkwitz having uh, a good season, good for him. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. So I'm, I'm happy for, for Dorkwitz to finally be getting things back in order. But Iowa State comes in this thing. They are, they're struggling a little bit more. They are 6-5 and five now. So everything that looked like it could be this really special season for them, they got a dose of reality because they've played a couple of tough games lately with KU and Texas going to Ames and delivering wins. And look, Iowa State is a team that, if you look at them, they were victims or uh, benefactors of their scheduling this season. They were really bad to start the year. They got it figured out. They played a weak start to the Big 12 schedule. They got Oklahoma State before that bye week and before they figured everything out. And then they got a string of really bad teams in the Big 12. Then this last month of the season is really brutal for them. I mentioned the game with KU at home. Obviously, they played Texas last weekend, and now they have this road trip to Manhattan. It's not an easy situation for Iowa State to finish things out. Now they come to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. As for K-State, 
Cats sitting at eight and three. My biggest focus for K State the last couple of weeks is make sure you do what you can to win out, get to nine and three, have the opportunity to be at a pretty nice bowl game, one that can be fun, get a good opponent, and win the game and have a ten win season. The Big Twelve title thing seems a little out of reach. And, you know, based on what Chris Kleiman has said, I don't think this team is getting caught up too much in what's going down there. I think they're going to go take care of their business. And if by, you know, some miracle things work out in their favor and they're told Saturday night after they play, they're playing for another Big 12 title, they'll be excited. They'll be ready to do it. But I think that the approach to have for everybody that is paying attention to K-State football right now is just enjoy how good of a season this has been still, despite some of the maddening losses that I referenced earlier. And the fact that 10 wins is still on the table, you get a chance to watch some really good all-time cats, probably for one last time in Bill Snyder Family Stadium next week, Cooper Beebe being one of them. Look, I know that all of you are divided on Will Howard. He's going to be a record holder in a lot of major categories passing-wise for K-State. He delivered a Big 12 title, only three quarterbacks have done that. Will Howard is an all-time Wildcat, and enjoy the heck out of his final game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday. So I, I think things are in a really good spot for K-State. They overcame a lot in the KU game. It was a symbolic win for K-State because they had to prove that they could beat a good team and that they could overcome some hurdles in games. They hadn't done it yet this year, but it was the same type of deal. The defense struggled mightily early in a game, but they righted the ship and they gave the offense the opportunity to go out and win it. And finally, the offense came through with the comeback win at KU. The only thing to to pay attention to really this week on the injury front, I I would say that this is notable. Uso Sayamalo went out in the game um, against Kansas in the second half, looked to be like a lower body thing. He hasn't practiced this week yet, but Chris Kleiman said that there was still a chance he would play. Uh, it would put a lot on Damon Eli Leo and Javon Banks, and both of those guys have been banged up recently. But I thought both did a fine job against KU, and Javon Banks is, you know, in, in the moments he's gotten chances this year, he's made some things happen. So uh, I think K-State should be okay with that against Iowa State. The, the only thing that really is a big killer still is just, and you're not going to have this fix, is the linebacker thing. Uh, K-State's in an awful spot to have lost Daniel Green and Jake Clifton, who are really important in the middle of that defense. But uh, Bo Palmer stepped up in the game against Kansas because Austin Romaine struggled against the KU offense. It's really creative, really exotic, and uh, a, a true freshman just wasn't ready for it. Bo Palmer has experience in the program. He stepped up and came through, and the linebackers really found themselves later on in that game. So I think that's an important thing to, to kind of take note of and get moving on from there. When it comes to beating Iowa State, actually, though, look, they've got a freshman quarterback, Rocco Beck. I didn't think he was going to be much at the start of the year. He started to figure things out. 17 touchdown passes he's thrown this year. He broke Brock Purdy's freshman record at Iowa State this season, so that's a significant deal. And the Cyclones are are starting to do some things offensively, but it takes them a while in games. And like I mentioned, the schedule is such a big factor in what goes on with Iowa State. Because if you look at how their season has played out, they have struggled against the good teams. The most points that they've scored against what I would consider a good team this year, they put up 21 on KU. They only managed 20 on Oklahoma, and they scored 16 on Texas. K-State is in the same ballpark as all of those teams, and the weather was not as bad as it's projected to be on Saturday in Manhattan. So the big emphasis is stop that run game first, and K-State's been pretty good about the run this year. I know they got victimized by KU. That has a lot to do with Andy Kotelnicki and the, you know how, how different and 
impressive and creative his offense is. I don't think you have to worry as much about that. Um, Iowa State's been, they've got some capable weapons when it comes to running the ball. They will certainly share the sugar back there. Eli Sanders got the bulk of the carries in the middle of the season. Abu Sama is a guy that is a freshman that's come on as of late that you have to be weary of. Um, but Iowa State, their passing game, while there's been success for Beck numbers-wise, they're still not killing anybody by any means when it comes to that. And the run game, that's what they want to establish, but they haven't been very good at it this year. So I I really don't see much of a reason to fear Iowa State going in this game. And I know that probably get me into some trouble with people and, and Iowa State fans and everybody that's like, oh, no, well, what you say might have an impact on the game. Look, I know I was way off when I said that Oklahoma State didn't scare me. Iowa State really doesn't scare me other than the fact that this rivalry for the last however many years, even when teams have been bad, it's been close. There's no reason why K-State should play a close game with Iowa State on Saturday. It's just as simple as that. Iowa State only has one one win against a team with a winning record this season, and that happens to be Oklahoma State, who, again, they beat when Oklahoma State was a team playing like a team that shouldn't have a winning record. So K-State should be able to go out there, kind of impose their will. If the snow's coming down, I mean, K-State we know has two capable running backs. DJ Giddens just had a really good game against KU, so... You can lean on them. The offensive line was impressive, came through when you needed to, and I've been really critical of them at various points this season. Uh, so, I, look, I think K-State should be able to control this thing. I think they'll be highly motivated coming out. They've been awesome at home this year, dominating teams there, no matter the circumstance. So I'm taking K-State in this one, 28-13, solely because of the, the weather gives me a little bit of concern. Uh, I think if the weather wasn't a, a factor – I would probably say that this game's probably going to be like, I don't know, probably 35 to 10 or something. I don't know. I just think some weird things can happen if the weather's really bad. But I need to cover my bases there because the forecast for these games where weather has been uh, discussed, it's rapidly changed on us. So this could be wildly different by the time you hear it. But I do think that K-State probably comes through. Um, and, and gets this done. And I don't think it should be a close game given all the circumstances going into it. Um, and it seems like K-State is focused after the big win against KU, which was obviously emotional and important, but I think they're in a good position moving forward. I don't know that I have any individual predictions for you guys this week. Um, my man Marquis Siegel finally came through with an interception against KU. Uh, it was impactful. It took the ball back, and K-State never lost it again. So, uh, shout out to him. I'd been saying all year, basically every single game, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It finally did. So uh, props to him. I guess the only thing that I'll say is that Will Howard's going to throw at least two touchdown passes in the game. Look, when he had the opportunity to go out and get the record against Baylor, it happened instantly. They gave him the plays to feed him to get the all-time touchdown passes record. He needs two more to get the single-season touchdown pass record at K-State. He's sitting on 23 I think he can do it. I think they will go out, give him that opportunity. It'll be an awesome moment again for him, you know, in this this career that has been all about redemption and bouncing back from adversity. Uh, he gets one more moment like that where he can be celebrated by the home fans. So I think Will Howard gets to his 25 touchdown passes at least in this game against Iowa State. 
unless the snow is just outrageous uh, and you can't see anything. I don't think that will be the case, though. So give me Will Howard getting uh, pass, touchdown passes 24 and 25 and a big K-State win this season. Uh, to cap it off, 9-3 and three, and then sit around and wait. And uh, I guess hope, maybe, that by the time kickoff comes, we've seen Texas or Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both lose. I doubt that's going to happen, though. So just sit tight, sit on 9-3, and three, reflect on a fun season, and get ready for whatever bowl game K-State will find out about next week. My guess is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I've seen the Pop-Tarts Bowl at a lot of games this year. Uh, fun name. Some people like Orlando. I don't know. Might be a big headache to go uh, in the holiday season to the place where Disney World is. So uh, put put me down for uh, hoping that something happens with the Alamo Bowl. If K-State's not going to the Big 12 title, let's make sure that's because Oklahoma won again this weekend and they are going to a New Year's Six and so does Texas and that opens up the Alamo for K-State because let's just not let's just not end up in a in a bad spot. None of us want that. We want to have fun with K-State's bowl de- destination and a, a fun opponent. Let's make that happen. All right, that will do it for me. Thanks again to Scott for letting me do this. Talk your guys' ear off uh, with another primer. And uh, I look forward to getting the call come bowl season. Got it last year. Did deliver a loss against Alabama, but you can't really blame me for that one. I'm not sure how many people have uh, given game-winning primers before facing Nick Saban in Alabama. Uh, If you like anything that I've said or you think I'm at least intriguing or you know who Derek Young is and you go, he's pretty smart, you know who Drew Galloway is, and you're like, man, he's got really good information – um, say forget me, but focus on those guys. Come on over to K-State Online. Get everything checked out. It'll be a good time for you. Uh, you can follow, find most of the stuff I do ends up on our YouTube page. That's the important part for me. Uh, it's really the, the only thing I got going for me. It's where my talent, I guess, can shine for them over there. I'll throw this in there for you. For anybody listening to this, this is a, a little special offer that's out there. Supposed to only be giving it away, I think, on the YouTube, but I'll slide it in here as well. Because if you want to dip your toes in the KSO water and you're like, man, is the message board lifestyle right for me? Maybe it is. And if it is, K-State Online is the place to be. Use the code KSU1 at sign up if it's your first time trying it. You can get two months for $1. Two months for $1. Dip your toes in the water at K-State Online. Listen to me just blab on about k-state sports and get great info from Derek young and drew galloway some information that will piss off ku fans and that's the best kind of information out there so go cats we'll see y'all saturday in manhattan and thank you to mason uh to get us all set up for farmageddon Love the work he's doing over at K-State Online and what a rock star crew they have over there. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everyone who has helped us with the K-State Primers this year. Again, we, we've had Mason. I've talked with Derek. I've talked with Drew. Um, you know, over at Go Paracat, Cole Carmondy's helped me out quite a bit. I've been doing stuff uh, on their pick'em for K-State over there at Go Paracat. Again, there's never been a better time to be a K-State fan trying to get content. Again, I, I talk about how much I love K-State Online. Go Paracat's been doing it forever. Kellis Robinette over at the Kansas City Star, Wichita Eagle, and so many great K-State podcasts. And I can't name them all, but of course you guys know my affinity for the Aggieville Alley Cats and Cocaine Willie. So shout out to everyone who uh, has made this the most content-rich 
uh, K-State football season uh, yet, and, and I imagine next year's only going to get better. Before we get over to our new friends talking about Iowa State, uh, look, I, I want to talk about Manhattan Brewing Company. It's the best brewery in the state of Kansas. I'm going to be there. I'm going to get a couple pints before I head over to a snowy, possibly a snowy, because you guys know the Kansas uh, weather, you know, who knows. Right now it says it's going to be a snowy Bill Snyder Family Stadium for Farmageddon. But before I get over there, I'm going to have a couple pints at Manhattan Brewing Company, catch, uh, you know, a few uh, quarters of football before I get over there. It's the best brewery in the state of Kansas. They have the widest range of beers on tap, and folks, I've never had a bad beer there. Uh, I love craft beer. I like all of it. But if you're particular, if you only like a certain style, talk to the bartender. Talk to someone there. Figure out, hey, what might fit your palate the best. And I guarantee you're going to walk away from Manhattan Brewing Company saying, wow, that might be my new favorite beer. I also know they go big for the holidays. So I don't know if they'll be completely decked out in Christmas stuff quite yet. But it is the best spot in Manhattan to grab a drink, to hang out with friends. And again, Make that part of your, uh, you know, tradition. Make that part of your routine when you're going to Manhattan for basketball games this season as well. So let's go over to Greg. Let's see what he says, what he thinks is going to happen in Farmageddon from the Iowa State perspective, and then uh, we'll end we'll end uh, the show. I'll, you'll have to listen to me talk uh, a couple more times. Greg from Big 12 After Dark on the 1012 Network here to give you an insight to Iowa State. You can find me at Big 12 After Dark and at gmackey32 on X slash Twitter and during our live spaces every Thursday evening at 8 o'clock. Iowa State's feeling pretty good despite coming off a loss against Texas. Um, they're a very young team, somewhere around 35 underclassmen, and they're two deeps, so being ball eligible on a throwaway season has them feeling pretty excited for the rest of the regular season, ball practices, and a bowl game. After a disastrous start to the season, they've kind of found their footing on the road lately, so they're excited to see how they stack up to a veteran team with a great coach on the road. One of the players you want to watch on the offensive side of the ball would be true freshman Benjamin Bramer. Uh, he's almost in the mold of Charlie Kohler, but it seems like he's more athletic. Granted, he's still a true freshman, so he's going to make those true freshman mistakes. Uh, the coaching staff and fans are pretty high on him right now. Uh, lately, they've kind of added a wrinkle to the offense of using him in the screen game when there's pressure. Uh, kind of shown that the last couple of games. I don't know if you watched the Texas game uh, this past Saturday. They kind of use him like on an inside screen with uh, some offensive linemen lead blocking him. On the defensive side of the ball, you got TJ Tampa, who's an NFL caliber quarterback. Uh, expected to go in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. We'll see how he tests out at the combine. I'm not sure exactly how high he'll go, and that's always kind of a crapshoot with uh, NFL teams. They have to they kind of fall in love with you or, you know, it's just, you just got to find the right team. <clears throat> he doesn't get targeted as much as he's a pretty locked down defender, but 
some people will throw his way or depending on if Will Howard can use his legs to buy himself time. He can't cover everybody all the time for the, for the entire snap. So he, he may give up some pass passes underneath, but typically teams aren't targeting him. They're usually going the opposite direction. Uh, I would say the biggest key to a Cyclone victory would be taking care of the ball, especially at the quarterback position. There's a stat of when Rocco Beck turns the ball over, Iowa State is 1-5. and five, But when he takes care of the ball, they're 5-0. and oh. That's kind of a key to watch. If you, you can get him to throw a pick early, uh, things could snowball on him. I mean, he's just a redshirt freshman. Uh, not expected to actually play this year, but kind of got thrown into that starting role because of the gambling suspensions that Iowa State suffered this summer. Kansas State's offensive line is pretty good, and Iowa State will be without safety Malik Verdon, who left the Texas game with an injury. So Kansas State should be able to run the ball pretty well on, on Saturday. Uh, game That scares me. Malik is very good in the run support out of the dime stack defense, and without him back there, uh, there's a significant drop-off in safety help coming down to – stop the run and you got Kansas State is probably the best offensive line in the Big 12 paired with DJ Giddens who's electric and Will Howard who can use his legs it could be a long day if Iowa State's rush defense uh right now I would say the line is somewhere around two touchdowns last time I looked um in favor of Kansas State and personally I would hammer Kansas State to cover that all day being a veteran team with who's well coached and they play really well at home, like 14 points, which seems like that's not enough personally. Um, I see something like a 34 to 10, maybe like a 42 14, something like that, in Kansas State's favor this Saturday. Uh, it's just a testament to how good Kansas State is and how good they're at home. You got a veteran team at home on senior day with a shot at Arlington still against a young team uh, who can't or who will stop, who will have trouble stopping the run, and that could open up things over the top. I mean, it could get out of hand pretty quickly. Um, you just thanks for inviting me on to share a little bit about Iowa State and everything going on this way. Um, again, you can find me at Big 12 After Dark and at gmackie32 on Twitter. Uh, reach out to me. I, I enjoy interacting with Kansas State fans. My, my brother-in-law is a Kansas State fan, and we're, we're a lot alike, two fan bases that are a lot alike, and I enjoy talking football and basketball with Kansas State fans. So thanks for having me on. And thank you to Greg. All right, that that's going to be the last regular season primer. Uh, fingers crossed some crazy stuff happens today and tomorrow in case they can get back into Arlington. Um, this has been a football season unlike any other. And, and at the beginning of the year, going into the season, you know, it, it truly was one of uh, transition. It was one of... 
uh, a, a torch passing. Um, I think everyone remembers, and I remember the shows uh, that we had here on Bosco's Boys after the news of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC uh, broke. Um, the Big 12 was not in a good place. The national media was leaving us for dead. And uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't good. This football season kind of has been dreaded a little bit because, again, you're leave, losing a you know a long time um, Big Eight, Big Seven, Big Six member Oklahoma. You're losing a founding member of the Southwest Conference. Both of them founding members of the Big Twelve Conference. And whether we like it or not, the two biggest name brands that have ever been in the conference. Um. So this was always going to be a weird season. This was always going to be a tough season. This was always going to be a season in which uh, fans had a lot of pent-up anger about. And and I know I'm still angry about it. I'm still frustrated about it. Luckily, the Big 12 is going to have another kind of transitional year next year, going from 14 to 16, losing two teams, adding four more, and the Big 12 is going to survive. Um, but, but I, I don't think it'll ever be the same in college sports is never going to be the same. It's always been something that's evolving, uh, for better or worse. Um, but I'm happy that the big 12 has found relatively stable footing. I'm glad that the big 12, um, seems to have its path. I, I, I don't think we're going to be in a position where you see much more poaching, um, of the big 12, It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with the ACC. Um, and if that's another situation where more teams come in. I, I would say that in most of our lives, this will not be the final iteration of the Big 12. Um, but but it's been a weird season. It, it's been a frustrating season from the macro level as a K-State fan. Um, I desperately would love one more shot at Oklahoma or, quite frankly, even Texas in Arlington. I don't know if we're going to get it. Um, but this season, I, I think, has kind of lived up to that hype. I, I think in the off season and the build-up to this, uh, there was so much talk about how this is going to be a wild season. It's going to be um, lots of back and forth, lots of chaos. And, and early on, it didn't look like that was going to come to fruition for, for, what, the first six weeks maybe? Maybe a little bit longer. I'm not quite sure. Um, no, I think for about the first six, seven weeks, it, it kind of seemed like, oh, this is going to be Oklahoma and Texas uh, running away and hiding from rest of the Big 12, both of them going, you know, 9-0 and or 8-1. and And um, that didn't happen. We find ourselves here in a situation where technically as of recording this, um, there's like six or seven teams who could – Theoretically, if if all chaos broke out, find their way into Arlington, um, you're going to have, I mean, you've had a car crash of two lost teams here um, down the stretch. You have tiebreaker controversy. You have all sorts of wildness. Uh, credit where, where credit's due, both KU and Iowa State both look like they could be contenders for this thing for a while. You had both Texas Tech and TCU Ultimately, having super disappointing seasons. Uh, TCU coming off of an appearance in the national championship game. Texas Tech being everyone's darling. Um, 
you know, as a dark horse to win the conference this year. You have all four newcomers struggling. I think a lot of us predicted three out of those four. I think everyone thought UCF might be a little bit better. Um, you have zombie Neil Brown, who, who's coming back from the dead, uh, who could what? If, if they win their bowl game, could they have a 9-1 season? I mean, uh, beating Pitt, um, getting some upsets in Big 12 play, um, and, and, and doing the impossible. Again, I had him getting fired before October, let alone Halloween, let alone he's going to survive and he's going to be coaching at West Virginia next year. Um, what's going to happen with uh, Dana Holgerson? Um, d- do the Houston boosters, do the fans have enough uh, sway to get him out of there? What's going to happen with Dave Aranda? Again, before this season started, I had convinced myself that I was sleeping on Baylor. I, I was being too harsh on Baylor and that they could pop up and have a massive season. Now I think Baylor needs to uh, fire Dave Aranda. And look, uh, I don't know what's going to happen at Texas A&M. Um, it, it looks like Trailer from UTSA is going to go there. Uh, but I'll tell you this right now. If he doesn't, uh, Houston and Baylor both need to fire their coach and try to find a way to hire him because he's the real deal. Uh, so it, it's been it's been the wild and crazy Big 12 season that was promised, even though if early on it looked like it wasn't going to be. Um and it lived up to the hype. Uh, you know, shout out to, again, hate doing it, but shout out to KU getting Oklahoma, beating them on the final time they're going to meet. Um, that Texas game is going to be haunting um, haunting me for a while. Um, weirdly enough, you know, I, I thought that Missouri game was going to be the one that bugged me the most, and being there kind of really does bug me. But, you know, that Texas game is ultimately um, – going to really bother me, especially if Texas ends up getting into the college football playoff. I would have loved it if K-State could have been the ones to prevent that. Um, but next year, next football season, it's going to be a 16-team conference. Um, K-State getting to play Arizona in the non-con as well. So it's going to be another fun. It's going to be another interesting. It's going to be another unprecedented uh, Big 12 season. I- I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know um, – K-State probably, based on some tiebreakers, are, are going to end up just short of what we wanted to happen, which was back-to-back trips in Arlington, um, if we can get things done on Saturday. Um, but ultimately, it was an entertaining season, and it's a regular season that goes too fast. I'm still looking forward to next week, Conference Championship Week, and I love I love bowl season um, so much. So I'm going to look forward to watching all the bowl games I can as well. So... Um, that's it. That's all for the, uh, that's all for this year's regular season, uh, whip arounds. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, there still might be some tweaking to the formula, uh, next year. Uh, but I like this. I like this as our Friday show. As always, please reach out, DM me, uh, at Scott Wildcat, at Bosco's Boys. If you have suggestions, if you, if you, uh, want to see anything with our, football schedule next year um but yeah i'm pumped i'm pumped for saturday i'm pumped for tomorrow i'm pumped for uh this final week of regular season uh college football so i hope you guys have enjoyed our um you know five five uh shows a week schedule for the second straight year um and i hope you guys are gonna rock with us all through basketball season and the off season then before you know it it's gonna be blitz month once again So, um, 
That's all I have. I, I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys. It's been another very fun football season. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have. So, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world. For the Boneheads, the best fans in the world. Um, for K-State fans everywhere. My name's Scott McFarland. We love you guys. And go Cats. Here in Christmas songs you love to hear Thoughts of joy and hope and cheer But mostly shopping, shopping, shopping Christmas, Christmas time is here The sleigh bells and the red-nosed deer Songs and songs we love to hear All played a thousand times each year Heard this same song twenty times And it's only Halloween Christmas, Christmas time is here And Christmas songs you love to hear Thoughts of joy and hope and cheer But mostly shopping, shopping, shopping Christmas season Starting sooner every year It's October Stores with plastic Christmas trees Ransack the mall Shop until you lose your mind Spike the eggnog Sit back and watch Rudolph Frosty Christmas 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 Christmas